What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If you're new to the channel here, my name is Brandon. In today's video, we're going over five ways to plan and prepare for an upcoming recession. If that is on the horizon, I'm gonna be sharing with you guys a perspective from somebody who has not technically lived through a recession. So I'm a younger person in the big scheme of things. I was around during the financial crisis and the recession of 2008, 2009. But of course I was much younger then and didn't really put too much care or thought and attention to it at that time. But here we are today and we have all this talk about it. And it's fascinating to me how when you look at what wisdom says and what people say that have been through it time and time again, that have lived through multiple recessions, it's the same principles and it's the same piece of pieces of advice that they will share to you. To me, that must say something. And today I wanna to go over five of them that jump out to me. Maybe these are ways that you can prepare in your life just so that you're in the best position. And I'm actually gonna share at the end of the video why it's so important to be in a good position because rather than fearing a recession, I think that when you are prepared and when you are in a position of power, like you're not on the back foot, I actually think there's opportunities to capitalize when the world is kind of going to crap. But hey, don't hesitate to share with me down below your thoughts. If you guys have any ideas or what you're doing in preparation for this, if they're either on my list or not, always feel free to share down below and do give this video a like. Of course, our academy is down below as well. But let's get started with number one, and it is to review and assess, reassess your job security. I know this one may not jump off like at the top of your mind. It may not be the first one that you're thinking about, but clearly for the vast majority of people out there, their main source of income, the one source of income is the job. It's their career. It's wherever they're working. And if we as consumers are going through tough times and we're cutting back on our expenses and we're cutting back on the purchases here and there, there's a very good likelihood that the company that you were employed by may start feeling the effects of this too. And if a business is out there and they're seeing less revenue, they're going through some stress, they're going through some tough times themselves, it is not out of the question. In fact, history has told us that of course, during any recessionary period that comes with high unemployment, companies may make some drastic decisions here and there to cut costs. And what I would say to you guys is, maybe take a look at your position in the company. Take a look at what you do and where you have value to the company and just question or just ask yourself, is there something you can do in your own control that can help you solidify that role? Maybe it's a better relationship with somebody in charge. Maybe it's going the extra mile at your company and doing something above and beyond to just be better, be more valuable. It's funny though, you know, I've heard a lot of, talk from people that have been in corporations for a long, long, long time. There is an argument out there that people say you don't want to be the best worker at a company. And tell me if you guys have heard this before. So I'm not just sounding crazy, but I have heard of this on multiple occasions that in a corporation, sometimes you don't want to be that all-star. You just want to be the person that's just kind of getting by, like just kind of lingering around. You get all your work done. You're not a, a, a bad worker per se. You're not the worst of the worst or a lazy worker, but you're just kind of trucking along and you kind of stay out of radar. You stay off top of mind. And it's those people in the middle ground that do end up having the most long-term success and they kind of grind away and climb their way up the ladder. Again, I could be totally off base here. I haven't had much life experience working in the corporate environment. So Again, I'm just kind of speaking from the outside looking in, but it's just something funny to, con to consider, right? Nevertheless, I think the takeaway from point number one is that just take a moment and assess. Is there something you can do that can help you secure and solidify that job? Is it taking on a new role? Is it helping out here and there? I think that's something that's well worth doing in a time right now because if you were to lose your job, 
and the job market is sparse uh, in the sense that there's not too many options out there when everyone is looking for jobs and companies are being a little tighter, I think you could find yourself in a stressful situation there. So point number one, is your job safe? And what can you do to make it safer? Number two is to save, 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 and save some more. This one, of course, is the obvious one on the list today. I could have started with it. And it's obvious, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who just don't do it. And I guarantee you, in your circle, maybe in your family, maybe your group of friends, there are those people that just don't put a care on saving and they spend paycheck after paycheck and they blow their money. They can save, like, there's very few people that are so strapped, right? They are so tied on their budget, like that they literally can't save. I think that anybody can save five, 10, 15% of their income if they put the priority there and if they make a conscious effort to it, whether that's an automation and just putting it away, pay yourself first before it even comes into your account, whether that's just whatever method you want, you can save, people just don't do it. And it goes without saying that having something like a little fund or an emergency fund, whatever we want to call it, or a cash reserve or a buffer, these can be some of the most valuable things that anybody could have in any time. Like we talk about having an emergency fund all the time in the stock market, right? When you're going to be an investor in the stock market, you want to set up an emergency fund, three to six months of cash set aside just in case. That same thing applies even if you aren't going to be a stock market investor. If you're just a normal everyday person, if you're just a human being going through life, you want to have some cash set aside. You don't want to be literally, you know, running your bank account dry with nothing in the background and re like resorting to loans and borrowing money. That's just an absolute no-no because of course, when times do get tough, let's just say worst case scenario, you do lose your job. You did what you could to kind of prepare yourself and to sweeten up the boss or whatever it is, but you still lose your job. Well, you need to have some cash reserves. And also I think when you do have that little bit of money or a lot of money, depending on your family situation and how many people you're caring for and whatnot, when you do have that money set aside and you just know it's there, like you're not gonna use it, you're not tempted to use it, but you just know it's there, that will provide you a lot of mental sanity. It will provide you a lot of mental happiness just to know that, you're, that you've got that cushion there. For me personally, I would strongly consider putting my emergency fund into a high interest savings account. We actually had this discussion today, like literally today with a couple of our students, they were talking about whether they should be using GICs as they are offering a slightly higher rate or just a simple high interest savings account. And what I personally use and what I've kind of been using and like using for years is EQ Bank. I'm actually gonna do a video for you guys showing the ins and outs of the EQ Bank platform because I have some money personally that is tax money. So we'll talk about that in that video, but I have some money that I'm gonna be putting into EQ Bank and I'm in that de debating process of do I wanna do a GIC and do I or do I wanna do just a simple um, high interest savings account? That's a slightly different situation. My money, just to get into it now, I guess, this is money that I know I'm going to need for taxes. So it's specifically tax money that I need to pay next year. And that is really the main reason why I'm considering a six month or nine month GIC to get those higher returns, knowing that this money has its own purpose and that I'm gonna be needing it a year from now. Again, I'm still not sold on that. I have some decision-making to do. But in a case like that, it may make sense to say, hey, I'm gonna kind of lock this away for X amount of period. If this is money that is simply an emergency fund, which you want to keep liquid, you want to keep accessible, I wouldn't get too greedy. I mean, it's funny to say greedy because you're literally talking here 
percentage, maybe half a percentage point with the rates that we're looking at today. But I wouldn't be so enticed to say, well, I'm going to lock this into a GIC and then lose that flexibility of being able to pull it out if it's you know, has redemption penalties, or if it is truly locked in to me, just keep it simple with an emergency fund, with your cash savings, pop it into a high interest savings account, earn a little return in the meantime. I think the rates today are, I'll have to pop them up on the screen to be honest, but they have gone up a little bit, which is nice. Earn a little bit while you can and leave that accessible. But definitely number two is to save, save, save. Number three is to take the time and review your budget. For those of you that don't have a budget, what are you doing? First things first, go do a budget, go do it because it's actually quite fun. I think it could be stressful, but I actually think it is fun to set up a budget and review it periodically. It's not hard to do. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. You can use one of the various tools online that make it very, very simple for you. For me personally, I like to use an Excel spreadsheet and I go through all my bank statements. Like I pull up my different credit cards and my different checking accounts. And I literally go back every single month and I track every single thing. And I like to sort it out into, for me, I like doing kind of like the discretionary expenses versus the non-discretionary stuff, keeping it rather simple in that sense. I know people that like to get very, very, very tedious and go with every single category. I've done both, but nevertheless, doing the budget and reviewing the budget, very, very valuable thing to do ahead of a recession and in preparation for it. Because every single time I look at my budget, I find something, I find something that I'm paying for that I probably shouldn't be or that I don't need to be. Whether it's a gym pass that I'm no longer using or a subscription here and there, or I'm spending way too much money on eating food. It's so easy to get lost in the day-to-day -day when you're ordering Uber Eats and DoorDash and you got your groceries here and there. But when you do take a moment to kind of reconcile and say, like, holy crap, I spent X amount here. Maybe I can cut that back. Maybe I can trim that down to this or to this, or maybe just cut this out entirely. These are all ways that will actually help with point number two in saving more cash. But I think doing the budget is a very, very valuable thing. That is, I mean, it's talked about everywhere to do a budget when it comes to personal finance and doing what's right with your money. It's surprising to me how many people don't do it. I'll throw up a stat that I can find online that just talks about the numbers with people that don't do their budget, they don't review it. I think that having a budget is something that you should review at least maybe, well, it really depends. I would say quarterly would be a good time to do it. When you're getting started, I would go as far as monthly because you wanna be putting everything in and keeping on track. But then with time, if you've done budgets for long enough, like doing it monthly, I think it becomes a little bit, a little bit much. But that's once you do get experience and you've been doing budget for a long time. If you haven't been doing it for a long time, um, I definitely would get started with that, but definitely review the budget and cut down all those unnecessary costs. Again, just another way of saving some money. Number four is avoid making a big purchase or big purchases, especially ones that factor in debt at a time like now. Again, we don't know whether a recession is here or we're just starting it or it's years down the road. We really don't know. But with that uncertainty on the horizon, if you're somebody that is already kind of tight for cash and if you're already somebody that is worried, now may not be the best time to go out and finance that new car or go out and borrow a bunch of money to go purchase something silly like a boat or whatever you personally do in your life. I think that a very good general rule of thumb in most cases is that if there is something that you are looking to buy, let's say a new car or whatever the case it is, ask yourself, are you in a position to purchase this with cash? Like, do you have the cash? Do you have the assets to purchase it before going out and automatically resorting to saying, I'm going to go take out a loan for whatever this thing is, right? There's certain cases where this isn't going to work, like in a house, for example, you're not going to have the money 
most people won't have the money to go out and just buy a home or buy a house or a condo or a townhouse. That's understandable. But if you already have a car and you're like, well, I just want this new model. I want the new Honda Civic or I knew want this, whatever it is. If you are in a position to buy that out in cash and you can afford taking on these loans and financing it in that sense, then I think it's understandable. And if you run the numbers and say, hey, worst case scenario, my hours get cut at work, I'm gonna be doing this, I can still afford this, then it's okay. But don't just automatically resort to saying, well, they're offering me a really good deal at the dealership, or I can go buy this now for whatever like percentage interest rate, or hey, no interest rate for the first year, whatever it is. You don't wanna find yourself in a position where you are getting into these obligations, especially considering the possibility of tough times ahead, especially if it's some sort of rate that has subject to change, right? If it's a variable rate and hey, with the interest rates that we've all been seeing, who knows what's gonna happen with them going forward. But I take a look at my mortgage, for example, like my mortgage is going up. I'm luckily in a position where I have done the math and I've done my due diligence, due diligence up front to say, hey, if it goes up by X amount, I can afford this. My cash flow can, can meet those needs. But I see online a lot of people who are stressing, like legitimately stressing that, hey, if my mortgage rate or my rent goes up X percent, I'm screwed. I can't do this, I can't live. And that's people just making a poor, poor decision, not thinking about the future. They're just thinking about today. Like they're literally thinking in the day and not about the consequences that could happen going forward. I would just say to kind of keep things simple, if there's that big purchase that you want, or if you're gonna to need to borrow money to go out and do something that you want, is it something that you can push off till maybe some more secure times to times when things are looking a little bit better? I think that could put you in a bunch better frame of mind because if you are somebody that is stressing about your mortgage or rent as is or your car payments, if things get worse, that level of stress is only gonna go up, up, up. So point number four, I would say avoid taking on any unnecessary debts, simple as that. And before we move on into our fifth and final point, I do just wanna ask you guys, again, comment down below, what are you guys doing? Like maybe it was some things on this list, but maybe it's something that I haven't even thought about. I'm sure there is. I'm sure you guys have a lot of sneaky little ways that you guys are preparing. Like with you and your family, there's some little ways that you're cutting back costs or little ways that you're doing this or that. I am very, very curious to hear what you guys are doing. Maybe I'll get some pointers and tips from you guys. So do not hesitate to leave a comment down below. But number five, tip number five, this is more related to the stock market. We are gonna finish off with a stock market related one. I would say now is a perfect, perfect time to review the portfolio and to possibly start building up some cash. I think that ideally you would have been building up cash prior to this market sell-off that has started to happen. That would have been the most ideal case. Of course, it's easy to say that now looking back, but this video is talking about what we can do today and what if things were to get worse. Well, building up cash in your portfolio there's so many wonders that that can do for you. I'm not saying to go all cash. I'm not saying to sell out of your stocks and be all cash. Absolutely not. You still want to be in the market. You still want to have your portfolio structured properly. But if your cash position is typically weighted at, let's say 5% or 10% of your portfolio, 10% I think is pretty good. Is there an opportunity to bump that up? To put it very simply, I think the statement cash is king is a very, very true statement to say when we are going through a recession. I know people will say cash is trash. You'll have that argument always. But in my opinion, having that dry powder, having cash to go in and deploy into more stocks to help buffer your portfolio in the case that the markets continue dropping, that will just leave the door open to so many more opportunities. One of the things that I personally hate as an investor is when stocks are dropping and we're seeing these deals and discounts on some amazing stocks that we don't see 
all the time. Like, especially some stocks, you see them very, very rarely, not so common. And you see them dropping and you look at your portfolio and you have no cash in the accounts because you just spend it all and because you're constantly putting money in. Again, maybe that's part of your strategy where every month or every two weeks you have money coming in, you dollar cost average, then that's great. If that's your strategy, I would say continue with that because you are effectively doing that. You're taking money and putting it in. But if you are more of an active manager in your portfolio and you kind of, not to say time the market, but you do kind of time your purchases, I think that building up a little bit of cash is a very, very fair thing to do during a time like now. I'd love to target personally for my portfolio somewhere in the 15% range. I think that's a very, very good range for me. That's a range that I kind of like being in in general, but especially during an environment like now, that's where I would feel comfortable. I know I always get that question, so how much cash? Uh, for me, it's that. For you, it may be something very, very different, but especially on the portfolio side, I would consider um, building up the cash position. But with that said, guys, I think that will wrap it up for my personal five tips. This is a video that I just wanted to film because, yeah, who, who knows? Like, who knows what's in store? But it's something to just kind of get your mind going because to finish things off, I really do believe that people that position themselves well and they prepare themselves up front not only can survive a recession, but you can actually win in a recession. Like you can be a winner when the rest of the world is losing. Because if you're somebody that doesn't take the time to prepare yourself, and let's, ass let's assume you do find yourself on the back foot because your hours get cut or because you do lose your job. Whatever the case may be, when you're in a position where you are forced to just react and you can't make decisions based on what you wanna do, you're just like scrambling to find a new job or you're applying at all these places and you're getting shut down here and there or you have no money to pay rent or you have no money to finance your car that you have to do this or you have to close, um, you know, sell your home, whatever the case is. You never in life, in my opinion, wanna be a reactive person. You wanna be a proactive person. It doesn't take much, like it's not rocket science to just start doing the things now to put yourself in that better position so that mentally you're in a much better place. Like I I'm not worried about a recession personally. Again, I haven't lived through one, so maybe I will come to realize that's, you know, like I'm just, I I'm underestimating it. But for someone like myself, who is doing these things up front, I am not in a position where I'm worried about that. Like I'm, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm in a very good mental state when I think about the term recession. It doesn't bother me at all. But I know that there are a lot of people out there that probably can't say the same. And just the thought about it is, is worrying them about the security of their family, about the security of themselves. And these are just five tips where you do the things up front and you can put yourself in a good position because I'll give you an example, just the way that I see it. If you are in a position of power and you have your money saved up, you've got your emergency fund, you've got your investments, you're ready to deploy money into the markets, you're ready to do all sorts of stuff, you're gonna pick up on all sorts of deals in the market, that's a given. And that's what we look for as investors, like as a stock market investor, to go in and pick up all these different shares and really capitalize on the cheaper share prices. But I even think in real life, like in, our lives outside of the stock market, there may be all types of opportunities where if other people are struggling and no, like not to, not to say we wanna try and take advantage of these people or whatnot, that's obviously not the case, but if there are people struggling and there's people selling their homes and there's businesses that are distressed and failing and whatnot, if we're in a position of power, who knows what opportunities lie ahead? Maybe you go out and acquire a small business in your local town that is just, in desperate need of money or help, or the homes in your area or your market drop to some levels that just are foolish to, not to pass up on or foolish to pass up on. 
be in a position of power to take advantage of those opportunities if and when they do come, right? I mean, I'm talking all theoretical here because again, this is just one person's perspective on it. But to me, I don't think it's rocket science to do the right things. It just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of sacrifice now, but you can set yourself up for a much, much better future by doing that. And I think that's the name of the game with everything, whether it's investing or whether it's on the personal finance side, a little bit of sacrifice today to put yourself in a better position. But hey, that will wrap it up for my video here today, guys. I would love to hear your thoughts, as I mentioned, down in the comment section below. What are you personally doing to prepare for this recession? What do you think of the things that I talked about today? Do not hesitate to leave a comment down below. If you enjoyed the video, also take a moment and drop a big thumbs up. That helps out so much. Make sure you are subscribed and you hit the bell for notifications. Of course, we do have our investing academy. I think now's the best time to be an investor. Like, honestly, it's such a good time to be an investor and to learn about investing. It is, it's so backwards because I know a lot of programs and a lot of people's trainings and stuff, they do well when the market's doing well. I totally understand that too, right? I understand that when sentiment is good and people are talking about it and they're telling their friends about their stock market, like that is gonna generate excitement and hype for anything investment related, views, everything. And that does make sense, but it's just so counterintuitive how really the best times to be an investor are times like now. And if you have been sitting on cash, if you have been sitting on like money or just waiting for whatever reason, maybe you didn't feel comfortable, I'd highly encourage you to check out the Investing Academy. It's that first link down in the description below. I do appreciate anybody who has been sticking around and watching to the very end, but I'll see you guys in the next video.